Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. From AccuWeather, this is everything under the sun. Real news and real stories covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore. Friends, welcome into this week's podcast. As we get ready for the Memorial Day weekend, we are watching an area of low pressure down along the southeast coast that has had some implications and possibilities of growing into a tropical system. And because we're getting to near the start of the hurricane season here at the end of the month, At the end of the podcast, we'll have a few minutes with our hurricane expert, Dan Kalowski, to talk about those two issues and talk a little bit about this Memorial Day weekend. This Memorial Day weekend is huge in the gardening world because a lot of folks uh, this time of year is when it's good to start planting some of those things that are not susceptible to frost and freeze. And we've even seen some areas of frost and freeze in the Northeast here over the last couple of weeks. Doug Oster from KDKA Radio, our gardening friend, will join me to talk about where we are in the season where you should be watering, where you should be not, how you should be planting, those kinds of things. We'll talk about gardening and the hurricane season as you can sit back and relax. It's time to talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. Well, you know that we talk about gardening a lot here on Everything Under the Sun, and that's because yours truly, the host, is uh, somebody who spends a lot of time out in his little garden. And uh, certainly it's been challenging of late. You know, we went from uh, in the Northeast and Great Lakes, a very wet, cool period. Then we heated it up. We've dried it out. It's been exceedingly dry in some areas. And certainly it's a, a concern here as we get ready for one of the biggest weekends of the year in terms of the garden. I think with people having a lot of time off and if they're waiting for those last frosts and freezes, to get going. Memorial Day is a day where a lot of people tell you that's when you can safely put stuff in the ground. And before you go to the garden center, before you take those precious plants that you're going to pay a lot of money for the garden center and plant them in the ground, we wanted to get Doug Oster from KDKA Radio. He hosts the Organic Gardener radio show every Sunday morning. You can listen to it on KDKA in Pittsburgh on 100.1 FM AM 1020. You can listen to the Odyssey app live or at any time. You can go into the KDKA section and find his show um, archive that you can listen to it any time. So Doug's become a great friend and I know I'm excited to tell him about a couple of things in my garden and get his take on gardening here as we get ready for Memorial Day on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Doug Oster, it's good to see you. I see you. Everybody else is hearing you. It's good to have you with us because I think we're running into, at least in my aspect, some very challenging times here as we get ready for this big gardening push for Memorial Day for a lot of people uh, because of just some wacky weather. I mean, that's the only way I can say it. Tremendous cold and wet, flipping over to dry and uh, almost uh, getting into almost near drought conditions in some areas in the span of a couple of weeks. Other places are just way too wet and uh, we're still seeing that. It's a challenging time, but certainly as an experienced gardener like you, Doug, you can help us guide us through what we need to do here as we get ready for this uh, busy time in the garden. You know, Dean, this is why we wait to Memorial Day. (laughs) It is. I know people have planted early, you know, out here in Pittsburgh, we're zone five, six, you know, much of the central part of the country is the same type of climate. And 
people always, you know, it breaks my heart to go walk in, into a, a nursery or see somebody coming out of a box store with a flat of tomatoes at the end of April or hmm. early May and yeah. look at the weather and see that, you know, it is going to drop to freezing and then you're just going to replant again. And even if it doesn't drop to freezing, you know, when you see nights of 40 and 42, Plants that love warm weather, they're not going to be killed, but they're not going to be happy. And, you know, one of the things that I at least feel good about, Doug, is, and we had you on a, a month or two ago, we talked about this idea that we were going to be susceptible to late season frosts. In other words, uh, extending the frost freezes into longer into May. And, you know, we had a round of it just last week. I know you weren't so bad necessarily in Pittsburgh. I think, uh, you know, up through central Pennsylvania, there was a lot of folks, especially in the low spots that had some issues. And then I heard a lot of problems up in upstate New York, where they seem to get some of the coldest temperatures. As we drop this podcast on Wednesday, leading into the Memorial Day holiday, there's another little shot of chilly air. Now, not as far south as this one. I think Pittsburgh and where we are in State College and most of the Mid-Atlantic is fine, but you get up into the northern tier of Pennsylvania and up into upstate New York, there could be some frosty conditions Thursday night into Friday morning up into New England too again. And so, yeah, one more. And hopefully this is the last one. When, you know, when you look at trying to wait for these frosts and freezes, one of the things is don't be in such a rush to to if you buy it uh, something from the garden center and you want to get it on say day one and you know that you still have some problems two or three days out how long can you keep stuff in those containers at your house the trick really is is to get them outside when it's nice and get them back inside when it's cold you know over here last week or week and a half ago we had frost an hour north of the city uh, if you look at you know, long-term records uh, in the 90s, we had, we went down to 32 on May 25th. In 1966, we went to 32 on June 1st mm. uh, in Dubois. Yeah. Let's say you bought something, you don't want to put it in yet. You got to get it outside and you got to keep water on it, but you can't overwater it. And and you've got 10 different uh, <laughs> appendages that you can use to figure out if the thing needs water or not. You stick your fingers down into that pot, and if it's dry, you water. If it's wet, don't, uh, because you can, e either one is is bad, underwatering or overwatering. And you're really better off waiting until things warm up. Let the nursery take care of things. You know, I just I can't tell you how important it is just to wait. There's no hurry. There's other plants you can put in that love cold weather. That's the trick. Hmm. And I'm telling you, Dean, gardening is still going nuts. I like I don't go to the nurseries on the weekend this time of the year because it's too crazy. But mm. I've dro driven by twice during the week wanting to stop by. And it's just it's the parking lot is packed. And I'm like, I'm not going in there. I'm waiting. You know, I'm going to yep. go early in the morning or something. So the 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 gardening trend uh, has continued since COVID. People are guarding like crazy. A lot of it is to take... Uh, if you're doing it yourself, you're saving money because, I mean, if yeah. you go to the garden center and you haven't been there yet this season, you may be in for some sticker shock. Even my local Amish greenhouses that I 
you know, go to here in central Pennsylvania, just uh, several miles east of, say, college out through the Rush Valley and Penns Valley area. Significant increases where, you know, you're talking about an increase on a, a four pack or gel pack of two dollars, maybe from where they were last year. And then flats are, you know, 10, 12 dollars higher in some situations. So I know we even started even more from seed this year. By the way, my loop beans. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. I gotta we'll post a picture of the loopings. The first big plant has two beautiful blue loopings hey. here this morning. Uh this uh now Did and you started and those rest. from seed. This one wasn't, but okay. some of the other ones I'm gonna fill around the two main ones that uh you know that took a year to establish to get really right. going here. And that's another thing I think, folks, with, with some of these perennials, I think they have expectations when they buy the smaller versions of these perennials at garden stores that they're going to flourish immediately. With perennials, that's not normally the case. You get some flowering or whatever, but it's usually that second, third year where things kind of get out of the box that they were trapped in and whatever they, however they were raised and then start really get going and rooting and, and do the do the real good growing, right? And that's a good way to save money. I always tell people when you go to a nursery and you're going shopping, and I see this all the time, where it'll be two people coming in and one doesn't want to be there. And so the other one is forced to shop quickly. You can't shop quickly at a nursery. It's not like going to the grocery store and running up and down the aisles. You've got to take your time. You've got to go into the corners of the nursery and find this. All the big one-gallon perennials will be out front. That's mm. where the margins are the best. Go back in the corner and find them in four-inch pots. You can buy three four-inch pots, four four-inch pots for the price of a gallon pot. And like you said, yeah, you might have to wait a little bit, but it's worth the wait. And they, when they're smaller, they get established quicker. And you'll be surprised that even in just one season, at the end of one season, that they will will catch up to a, a gallon sized pot. And and then you know you are so right about the prices. You know, again, it, it's more expensive to get the plants there, and the, the supply and demand. People want stuff bad, but I don't want people to worry that, that it's not going to the stuff's not going to be there. I was, I was at the nursery the other day, and and every day a truckload of stuff's coming. Mm -hmm. The stuff's available because because the suppliers know that gardening is a, a big deal. And just be smart with your purchases. You know, I have a plan. Don't just go to the nursery and shop willy nilly, and then you don't have room for a plant. You know, right plant, right place. So you go in there, you 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 kind of you know you figure I don't want to come back here. Uh, I'm going to do my shopping one time, and then you get down that rabbit hole. Oh, I love this. I love that. I love this without thinking about where it's going to go. And we've all done it. And mm. then you get back and you start planting and you're like, oh my gosh, where are these impatience going to go? I don't have any more shade spots. And <laughs> if I put them in the sun, I'm going to have to water them every right. two hours. <laughs> right. right, right. So yeah, be smart, plan. I think uh, things that I've done, especially I have limited space gardening. I'm in a condo situation where I have the areas around my house that I can plant, you know, 10 foot wide uh, kind of areas. And, but I, I try to group things, you know, and now I'm, I'm, I'm making a looping section. Had uh, my poppies and peonies, the first poppy or the first peony uh, has uh, gone through its cycle. I'm starting to get the first Ito is going to go here. I think uh, my partner, Joel wow. just sent me a picture of one of those blooms is going to go. Poppies are ready to explode. I can't wait. They look like they're, they're extremely good. Irises are going here. 
where I am. So we're in that transition now. We just put this week, as we kind of transitioned over, got rid of all the crud that was left over from the spring flowers. You know, you got to do a little trimming down of the daffodils and the tulip stuff that's still not so hot and left over and put the dahlias in. And we're looking good. Um, One thing that I'm concerned about, Doug, is that, you know, we were so cool and wet. And then it was like, in our area, we flipped like a switch to now it's almost arid. I mean, the, the low relative humidities that we're having here throughout the Northeast and into the Great Lakes the last week or so, whatever rain we have been getting, and it hasn't been much, we had a little bit of a soaking rain in the Northeast and parts of it on Saturday. But, you know, by a day or two later, because of the low relative humidities and there's not been much water, it seems like that, that top foot of soil gets really dry really quickly. And so if I'm planting stuff, is that a bad thing that I might be in a dry period here? And then it looks like it could continue for another week or so where we're in a drier than average pattern here for the latter part of May and early part of June. Well, don't forget that there's a lot of moisture left there from the spring and from even from the winter. Again, there's nothing more important than the weather. You know, like your dahlias have to go in. Right. No, they're, they're tough. You know, plants can take a lot of different variables. But you might have to provide the water, and providing the water the right way is so important. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. How do we water the right way in the growing season, well, in the the planting season, and then as we go further on in the summer? Well, first of all, just getting water on the plant is better than not having water on it. Then if you can take the next step and do it at the right time, which is in the morning, and we really want to soak the plants in. Most plants only need about one inch of rain or moisture per week. And a lot of times people overwater, but you're better off to do that once a week in the morning because that's when the plant can use the water the most. Keep it off the foliage because some plants are susceptible to fungal diseases. And I said, as I said, soak it in. As And when you do soak it in that once a week, this is for anything. This is right. from your grass, th- through your shrubs, through your perennials, through your annuals. And once you get that water down there deep, the roots will follow. And when things do get tough, and they always will in July and August, they can pull up what they need. Uh, and so that that's that's what I recommend. So it, seem, like, it seems like it's a combination, though, not only of that watering technique, but also then how you dig the hole to put the plant in, right? You need, I think some people, and, and I, you know, after I'm trying to, plant my fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth dahlia, I'm getting a little lazy, right? Digging the holes. Um, They don't necessarily dig deep enough to let those roots a way to get to the deeper, right? So you don't want it clay and just hard pan right underneath the plant in the existing situation you have. You want to give it some room to be able to take those roots down deeper. Is that good? Yeah. Here's what I do. I dig that planting hole, you know, at least two times as big as whatever the root ball is. But I'm always adding compost. That makes all the difference in the world. Compost drains well, but it holds water too. You know, the old saying is you spend $20 on a planting hole for a $5 plant. You work on the soil. That's the number one thing you do. You get, you know, if you don't make your own compost, you buy it by the bag at the nursery. You get good compost there. You you dig in a few shovelfuls of compost. That loosens everything up, and that will compost provides everything the plant's going to need for the season. So we we put that compost in. We plant our plant, and I like to put just like a, a shallow depression when I put every plant in, so that'll catch some rain, and then right away mulch, some type of mulch. You know, mm. in the vegetable garden, I use straw. Out in the ornamental garden, I use the cheapest uh, bark mulch, shredded mulch I can find. 
and mulch should look like a donut, not a volcano, and never touch the bottom of the plant. But that mulch will keep the soil evenly moist, and when it does rain, you'll have you just have more variables there as as far as the moisture hanging around a little bit longer. Compost and mulch every time you plant is really going to go a long way to having a successful garden. We are talking with Doug Oster. Uh, his great website, dougoster.com, D-O-U-G-O-S-T-E-R.com, Gardening with Doug. Everyone is a garden historian, and he'd love to tell yours. Um, great tips, information on where you can do fun things with Doug and his family. You just got back from a, a, a really cool trip, right? Traveled. That's got to be fun to see what other places and what other gardeners and what other folks do in terms of things. I mean, are we are are they doing things differently in Europe still than we're doing in the United States when it comes to gardening? Are we are we trying to trailblaze some things that we're trying to do that other places still aren't doing? Or what do you see there? They're usually the trendsetters, to tell you the truth. Right. Many of these countries have an amazing climate and Portugal is one of them. Right. You know, I just have to tell you one real quick story. We went out to an island in the Azores called Madeira and they had this thing called the Madeira Flower Festival. And it was the most joyous thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I'm not kidding you, where it was a giant parade where tens of thousands of people on this little island come out and people were wearing these flower outfits and these huge flower floats and every time a group of people like group of women with flowery dresses on comes in front of us a different musical number comes blaring over the speakers and they start their own routine and then in our hotel it happened that they had their gala that night and it was just look up the madeira flower festival it was one of the most amazing things i ever saw in my life and as a gardener a celebration Mm. of flowers i mean (laughs) Uh, it, it was really something special. That's cool. Um, so look at, uh, you know, we talked about flowers and stuff. Uh, and it's a big vegetable gardening uh, planting time and getting ready for that. Uh, where are you on that? Uh, is it time to put tomatoes in? Is it warm enough? Are we dry enough? I will start the first uh, tomato planting this weekend. But uh, one of the tricks to growing healthy tomatoes is something called succession planting. And so I'll put some in now, but I'll leave room and... You know, most people were taught you got to put a tomato in by this time to get it at this time. But there are early, mid, and late uh, tomatoes. And so as we get later in the season, I'm planting my last planting, believe it or not, on 4th of July. But that has to be a tomato that puts on tomatoes quick, early girl, Mm -hmm. sun gold, other cherries, uh, 4th of July. And those will not have the blight. You know, when we're putting in tomatoes now or even earlier than this, I've seen people put them in and and we had weather out here in Pittsburgh where it was cold rain for 24 hours. Fungal spores that are always in the soil are going to splash up on the bottom of the plant. We won't know. The the disease doesn't manifest itself, this early blight in septoria leaf spot until June or July. And then the bottom of the tomato starts turning brown and yellow and work its way up. If we plant that tomato now a first planting, you know, something that's going to take 90 days to put a tomato on. And we mulch right away to try and stop those spores. We take off some of the bottom leaves, more space between the mm-hmm. spores and the plant. Lots of different types of tomatoes. Each one deals with disease and pests differently. And then we leave some room and do some succession planting. And I recommend succession planting for most of what you do in your garden. I know you want to get everything in one day, but if you, if you, 
wait a couple more days or a week or two weeks and plant some more stuff, you're going to be much more successful. When you plant everything in the same day, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Yes, sir. I found that uh, good with gladiolas because not oh, only, yeah. you know, because gladiolas can be a little finicky, but also it really extends that, uh, you know, situation where you're getting waves of blooms here as we go through a, a couple, two, three, four week period. It's uh, one that I've done that with. But in the case of your dahlias, they all have to go in as soon as possible. No, because, they're in. <laughs> because they're going to be the stars of the garden in August and September and October. Yep, till the first frost. That's so why plant, I love those things so much. Yeah, so plants like that, you can't succession plant, but cucumbers, tomatoes, and peppers. I wait on t- peppers at least till June 1st, uh, just so the soil warms up. Uh, tomatoes, peppers, they want an Italian summer, not a Pennsylvania spring. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a good plan. Anything else, Doug, as we wrap up here uh, on Everything Under the Sun from you? Uh, I know that I still need to uh, get on your show here soon, and uh, we've been do that. trying to good, do that. Uh, but uh, anything else for the, the folks here as we get out in the gardening warrior mode here as we go through the Memorial Day weekend? One more thing, a really cool way to plant tomatoes is called horizontal planting. And so you take a big, big, long plant, you dig a shallow trench, fill it with compost, you turn that plant sideways, you strip off all the bottom leaves, and you lay that into that trench, and you cover it up, and it's only an inch below the soil. All that stem will turn into be roots, and it'll be this amazing root system that is close to the warmth and also close to the water. That you you will grow your best tomatoes when you horizontal plant them, but you got to know where that stem is before you put your stake in. Don't pound the stake through the stem. Can you use that for anything else? I, I remember like some horizontal planting. If I've got some like if I'm trying to start stuff from um, maybe bare root or stuff, that you can do that kind of thing, or is this that kind of thought? You have to watch the certain plants will not put on roots on their stems. You know, you'd have to go into specifics, but we know definitely tomatoes will will put all those roots on and you have you'll have a root system that is unstoppable and close to the warmth close to the water close to the fertilizer all right thank you the greatest tip maybe that we heard right at the end from our good friend doug oster seven o'clock sunday mornings if you want to hear it live on KDKA in Pittsburgh, 100.1 FM, AM 1020 on Odyssey, on the Odyssey app and odyssey.com. And then you can go back and listen anytime to his shows uh, and great stuff because uh, I've listened a few times and it's just amazing how people have great questions and uh, you never know sometimes what you're going to get on a Sunday morning uh, when you when you open the phone there, Doug, right? Oh, no doubt about it. That's the part I love, though, is being surprised and Gardeners are just such a great bunch and they're always positive and it's always And we always fun. want to share with each other. I think we want to help each other get to get through this thing, right? I I always say that they're the opposite of fishermen. Fishermen keep their secrets, gardeners share theirs. Doug Oster from uh, KDKA and our friend here on Everything Under the Sun. We appreciate you. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, start of hurricane season, which is coming here at the end of the month. Get a brief update from our friend Dan Katlowski. We've been watching a little system along the southeast coast and up into the mid-Atlantic here as we head into the holiday weekend that had some signs of development. We'll check in on that. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. As we finish up the podcast, I wanted to give you a little sense of where we were in the hurricane forecast with our expert, Dan Kotlowski, and especially when we've got this area of low pressure down along the southeast coast that we've been watching here over the last couple of days. We're getting ready for the start of hurricane season at the end of the month, and Dan Kotlowski joins me to kind of preview that and see if there's any adjustments in the forecast here from AccuWeather.com. Dan, as we get ready for Memorial Day weekend, the traditional start of the hurricane season here at the end of the month, we are uh, looking at uh, updates now for from you in terms of the hurricane season. It seems like may have something to watch along the southeast coast here as we go into the weekend with the possibility of a stalled out front that could boil something up near. may not be a new organized system, but it certainly could be something that is going to provide a lot of wind and rain and not a great weekend for areas down along the southeast. Yeah, Dean, uh, we, we have a unique setup. We've got a big high-pressure area indicative of the dry weather we have over the northeastern United States right now. That's contrasting with lower pressure building off the coast of Florida, and all that will come together and, like I said, an area of low pressure will develop. I don't think we're ever going to see a pure tropical system. It's possible it could be a hybrid system, mostly just a nuisance-type storm as far as forecast is concerned, mm. but it will generate some pretty good rain in the Carolinas and, and hopefully – uh, some of that rain might try to come northward, but uh, that's a little bit too far out to think about that at this point. Right, and, and it's beneficial rain for areas in the northeast, but obviously it would be ill-timed if it would come up later in the holiday weekend. Just your overall sense now as we get ready for the official start of the season just in a, in a mere matter of a week or so, any changes to what you and I talked about and everything under the sun, which people can go back and listen to just uh, several weeks ago about the hurricane forecast? Not really. looks like, uh, again, our ideas about... About 11 to 15 storms, four to eight uh, hurricanes, and uh, one to three major hurricanes, maybe two to four hits on the United States. The thing about this season is totally different paradigm this year. Uh, warm water's building in the Pacific. That means we're developing an El Nino, and uh, the weather patterns will be a lot different this year. However, we have very warm water. So uh, basically, this is not going to be an inactive season, but certainly uh, we, again, are going to have some interesting situations developing throughout the season, especially as we get into August, September, and early October. Maybe a situation where normally we're looking early in the season at areas close to our coastline for what we call homegrown storms, not something that forms and tracks. But we could we see that longer into the season with all this warm water if it doesn't get disturbed, that something like a stalled out front in July or August could trigger something in the Gulf or along the southeast coast? Yeah, I think as we get into later in the season, you're looking at these tropical waves coming off the coast of Africa being the real mechanisms. I think then you look at where high pressure is sitting up off the coast of the Atlantic. And so the, early in the season, you're absolutely right. you got to 
worry about these homegrown systems. And again, very sketchy, uh, one or two storms developing during the early part of the season. We may have a lull. Usually there's a lull sometime in July and early August, and then things really get going in late August into September. So again, if you've got travel plans or worried about coastal areas, again, there's a bigger concern of that uh, as we get into late August and September. As we drop this podcast on Wednesday, it does look like this area of low pressure is going to stay fairly trapped in the uh, southeast and mid-Atlantic. It is look like it tries to come northward a bit. Uh, that will be the interesting question. If you're listening to this early in the uh, period here, Wednesday, Thursday, you want to keep an eye on it as you go through the weekend, too. But it does look like areas north of, say, the Delmarva Peninsula up into New York City and Boston especially should stay dry the entirety of the weekend and have a pretty nice holiday weekend up there, but we'll keep an eye. Things could get pretty wet and windy along that southeast coast up into the mid-Atlantic, so stay tuned to AccuWeather and AccuWeather.com, your apps from both Android and Apple, and um, AccuWeather Now, which is available on AccuWeather.com. All the information that you need is in our AccuWeather information situation that you can get every day on your app or on the website or on our AccuWeather network as well. For our guests, Doug Oster and Dan Kalowski and my executive production team, of Ken Prell and Andrew Robin are hundreds of team members who work so hard every day to weatherproof your life. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Please be safe, and we will see you on the other side as we get ready to turn the calendar from May to June next week on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.